you guys welcome to temple of hoop live show midweek playoffs in full swing kings what's going on my guy man we you know doing solid man just enjoying some hoop <laughs> yeah let's hop right into it uh this is like the third or fourth chris paul master class of the playoffs man yeah. as a you know member of the not a big chris paul fan club um it's looking dark for me. I got to say, he's just, he's been on special time this playoffs, man. You know, Luca is in a lot of people's, you know. But, dude, you know, through two games in this series, you could argue Chris has been, you know, his equal. You know what I mean? So, just in a game that's being dominated by, you know, Giants and wing players, to see a guy at 36, 37 years old still dominating games and high leverage moments and high leverage situations, you got to give it up at this point, right? You can't, it's nothing you can say, really. <laughs> Shoot, uh, what, what was he doing? Hunting one of the best young talents in the league? Right. We go, we, we're definitely going to get there in a minute. I just want to give Chris Paul's flowers because all jokes aside, uh, I get jokes off. I get, you know, tweets off being funny. I do respect greatness. I do respect greatness. And make no mistake, that is what we looked at tonight. Especially the fourth quarter, things got tight. Goes off. I just 28, eight assists, three turnovers. Book drops 30. Just in general, man. It's just. I gotta give it up to my. I gotta give it up to a guy doing it that late in his career, bro. Yeah, I mean, shh, oof, to think about what it what it looked like when Harden had him shift off, shipped off from Houston because he thought he was washed, and then remember, remember before that year, what did I tell you? I said, I said CP3 gonna take OKC to the playoffs. Remember, I called that, and when they yeah. went to the offs, I was like, that that's what I expected because. I've always respected CP3's play style. I always knew if you could if you could pair him with guys who could score better than him, and you can pair him with guys who could help him on the defensive end to to cover for his height deficiencies, his IQ on both sides of the ball, his craftiness and his playmaking is gonna get guys easy looks. He's gonna be able to quarterback guys on both ends of the floor, be able to and obviously run the offense, but also on defensively, be able to play passing lanes, be able to bother uh, opposing guards at the point of attack to disrupt the uh, other team's offense. And, you know, so he's, he's going to make other guys jobs easy as long as they can fill in for what he lacks. And, you know, OKC did a little bit of that with the, uh, you know, with shy. And then obviously Dort came out of nowhere. Uh, but then you also come to, you also come into um, Phoenix where it was just the perfect situation. Mikhail, obviously perimeter defense book, obviously the dynamic two guard off from the perimeter scoring, but also was was able to improve defensively. And then you have Aiden, otherworldly defensively in the interior, as well as can switch and is versatile, as well as a rib, rim running athletic uh, big who could help Chris, Chris Paul in the pick and roll game. And what did they do in the offseason? They saw last year, okay, when Aiden was off, we had no big. So what did we do? We went and got JaVale McGee, the guy who can mimic, again, the vertical offense, you know, and then they and they doubled down on that with Bismack Biombo. And you saw when Bismack came in, same thing. They were able to still run their scheme because Phoenix is a team that understands what they need to make Chris Paul successful, make Devin Booker successful, and to play to their schemes and their talents. And that's what they go and pick up. So uh, credit to Chris Paul for what he's done. And I'm glad he got to play on teams that were able to uh, maximize his talent and, and understand what type of skill set he has and be able to, uh, you know, give us – what we're seeing right now, essentially, it was a match made in heaven since he left uh, Houston, and uh, I can't say the same for the other guy who stayed. Uh, <laughs> we'll, yeah, we'll get def- no, definitely go get to that in a minute. <laughs> All right, now that's over. <laughs> Good, we got that out the way. 
<laughs> let's go to the other side of this because let, let's talk Luca. We, we got to be honest. I've actually become a, a Luca fan over the past year. Um, definitely got my respect going toe to toe with Kawhi and, and PG in the playoffs in back to back years. But tonight, for a lot of people who say he is, you know, James Harden with Lago, um, they feel vindicated. This was a typical, you know what I mean, James Harden type game. High turnovers, got a lot of buckets, high usage offense. So what did you think about Luka tonight before we dig deeper? Uh. I mean, John Rivers tweeted, he said, Suns were smiling at halftime. And I said, they don't think Luka Ball can go four quarters. That's exactly what happened. It didn't go four quarters because it hasn't gone four quarters that often uh, in all of his playoff runs. Um, The thing with Luka, man, and, you know, they try to to get on me for it when I asked that question because when I didn't watch the game, I said, you know, the Luka Ball hurt when they came, when he came back against Utah. But it's like you kind of see the problems with it. Um, Brunson. Rusty, Dinwiddie, Rusty, and then Luca. He's tired. So when it comes to the end of games, what happens? He's gang hunted. This is exactly what the Clippers did to him when he when he was playing them. He would go crazy first half, put all this pressure on the defense, and then second half, his shots are falling short, and he's gang hunted by the other team's best players because he's gassed and he was already at a def- deficit at defending. So now he's even worse defensively without any energy. And not and he and in his mind he's thinking of conserving his energy for offense because he's trying to score more and put the game away, and you know that's adding more to the equation and is doubling down his bad defensive habits. So the heliocentric style, man, it's very very difficult to pull off because the person running the system has to be otherworldly offensively, it has to be otherworldly defensively. And has to have otherworldly stamina. So, I mean, we've really only seen one guy be able to do all of that. And even then, he had finals losses and he's had that type of play come back and bite him in the butt when he sits off, when he gets off the court. I mean, you saw what happened with LeBron in 2017. When he was on the floor, they outscored Golden State. When he was off the floor, they got outscored and they lost the series 4-1. So heliocentric offense, man, is just not, it's just not a good way to win championships. I mean, you saw what Steve Kerr told KD. He said, "Iso Ball's not finna win you no championships." <laughs> and learned that shit the hard way. Iso Ball is not finna win you no championships. Like that's just the bottom line, bro. And uh, you know, you have to play team ball. You have to run an offense. You have to be unpredictable. You have to have variation. And you have to be able to adjust to multiple schemes and multiple defensive looks. Yeah, I mean, I think all that is fair. I think the bigger issue. Is kind of something you mentioned. It was a defense, and the fact that they're hunting the Mavs' best player, I think that is that's the bigger issue. Lucas definitely got to clean that up. And to his credit, honestly, he does carry an incredible load offensively. Brunson has absolutely stunk since the Utah series. I'm looking at Donovan Mitchell and Mike Conley funny in the light because you know, and I'll say this: Phoenix does have. Great defenders. I mean, you go from Michael to Cam. Crowder's not what he once was, but he's still pretty good. So they got a lot of wings that can defend smaller guards. So I I understand that. Um, I just had a question about Dallas defense. Why do they keep switching these bigs on the Chris Paul? Whatever happened to fighting through and trying to hold matchups? Is that is that like a lost art? I know the ideal defense now (laughs) is is to have good personnel. And switch everything, right? That's the goal. Like Boston's That's the best the goal, defense yeah. in the league. Oh yeah, you have the personnel. Boston's the best defense in the league. They statistically they switch more than anybody in the NBA. So the obviously that's, that's that's the goal. But against you know Chris Paul, he's been abusing Biggs his entire career out in space. So whatever happened to fighting through and trying to hold matchups? What, what do you think the issue is there? That's the that's the that's the Larry Brown old school type of technique. Here he used to tell Rip and Tayshawn, man, stay on your guys, stay on the <laughs> hip. You know these these players ain't trying to stay on the hip, bro. They're not trying to navigate through screens. Uh, Drew Holiday, one of the best at doing it in the business today. Um, but you see the thing with the Celtics, though. Here's the thing, like a lot. Of, I feel like a lot of teams because they saw these great offensive teams switch, 
and be able to, because they were able to switch, they were able to blow up off-ball actions, and then they were able to force into an ISO game, so kind of went into the up-and-down game that these heavy offensive teams wanted. But the problem with that is, like you said, it's too easily to be hunted, too easily to get exploited by high-IQ guys like the Chris Prowls, the LeBrons of the world, uh, even the Lucas, if 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 you're if he's playing a team that switches and is trash at it. Um, if you're going to switch, bro, and you're going to switch heavily, like you said, you need to be like the Celtics, bro. You need to literally have five guys who can sit on anybody. Who, you know, you have to have wings and guards who can hold their own in, in the post, and you have to have bigs that can hold their own on the perimeter. This switching with bigs who can't move or switching with small guards who can't, you can't, you know, get in post position, like, you're just asking to get scored on, bro. I don't understand why these teams keep doing that. But like you said, it just seems like, Nobody wants to fight through screens no more. I mean, that's what's looks like a lost star in this league. Right. And before we go on to the next series, you want to talk about, do you think there's any way the Mavs can win both at home and come back to Phoenix tied up? I think they win one. I think they win one. Luka gets a one. But any way you see them winning both games and coming back to game five tied? Yeah, for me, I think, you know, at the end of the day, Phoenix did what they're supposed to do. Um, I'm disappointed in the Mavericks, man. I know why, because I saw a lot of good team ball, you know, over the course of the year. I saw a lot of nice things from Luka off ball. I saw a lot of good team defense. And I feel like in high pressure situations, they kind of just fell back on the bad habit of, hey, Luka, just go create everything. I feel like for them to make this a series, they need to go back to the, what they've been trying to develop all year, get Brunson going, get Dinwiddie going, have Luka, you know, play within rhythm of the offense. You obviously have his on-ball creation, but also have his off-ball creation, uh, off-ball uh, movement and uh, creation in terms of a secondary playmaker. And then have got, have everybody be able to help each other so you can defend as a team. You know, Dallas was a great defense during the regular season. Why? Because they were playing more team ball. They was able to let everybody defend because everybody was, you know, getting touched on offense. So nobody was able to exert too much energy or it was out of rhythm. You know, it was everybody was engaged. So I think they need to go back to that type of approach that they had and, and get away from they need to get away from the heliocentric play. Bro. If they're going to play heliocentric, unless guys are dropping 50 percent from three like Tim Hardaway was doing last year against the Clippers, they're going to lose the next two. So they need to get back to what they were doing all year. And if they do that, I think they can tie this up. Like, I don't think Dallas can make, not make this competitive, but they have to do what they were doing all year. Right. I think, yeah. And I think Brunson and Dinwiddie play better at home, too. Yeah. I think that's the big key. They really need those two to play better for what you're saying to work. Those are their other two primary ball handlers. They have to be a lot better for that to work. But in theory, I think you are 100% correct. Yeah. I mean, it's, I trust the, you know, role players always play better at home. So that's why, you know, I'm not getting too caught up in the 2 0. But, uh, yeah, they need to change. They need to adjust. But the thing is, I think, with them, it's like what they need to do, they've already been doing all year. It's not like they're going to be doing something completely new. It's like it's things that they've been developing all year. I think they just have to trust in the high stakes. Right. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Moving on to the earlier game today. Miami dominates Philly again, wins 119-103. Nothing too eventful here. Uh, Maxi went for 34 for Philly. He's balling. Love his game, by the way. Uh, but just too much. Miami's just too deep. Jimmy Butler, 22. Bam, 23. Six man a year. Hyro, 18. Oladipo looking like a player again. I know that's your boy, Kings. Uh, 19. I just, I know, as your partner, you know I have been rooting for James Harden's downfall for, <laughs> and, uh, since you've been here, since you've been here with me, uh, I did not expect it to look to come like this. Yes, I, I just, man. I didn't. Uh, it just happened so suddenly. Uh, maybe he needs a whole off season to get his hamstrings right. But dude, he just looks like cooked goods. 
cannot beat anybody consistently off the dribble, um, can't create like he used to. And it's only at age 32, which is not old given today's, you know, sports medicine uh, technology and advancements. That's not old at all. But he just looks absolutely done out there. And I got to ask you, first of all, you think this series is done if Embiid doesn't come back, right? Of course. Embiid doesn't play. Right. They're, they're so, you know, so. beyond this series, which we both think is over, you know, barring, you know, Embiid come back, James Harden going in the time capsule. What does his contract look like after this year? Because Maury loves the guy. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the full max is four years, $211 million. And to give him that after what you've seen, how does that work going forward, in your opinion? Yeah, see, I see I, that report that Harden might take less than the max. I think it's true on two things. I think, one, this next deal, it could be a max deal in terms of millions per year, but it could be a three-year contract type of situation. Uh, okay, okay. I, I could see that. Two, I do think that um, everybody's looking at what Harden is doing, and there is no max contract market for him right now in the, in the free agency. Uh, uh. So those, I think those two factors is why you saw that report come out. So I really believe, and, and, and like you said, Maury loves him, and Harden loves Maury. So in my mind, they'll find a common ground easily. You know, that's that's how I look at it. So I'm not worried about that situation. I think they'll come to an agreement that makes sense for both because I think both actually have each other's best interests. It's one of the weirdest relationships I've ever seen from a player in the front office, uh, personnel person. But in terms of Harden's play style, um, yeah, man, it's, it's, this is bad. This is very bad. <laughs> I don't know how to explain it. Uh, he looks like, funny enough, how CP3 looked like in his last year with the Rockets. That's exactly how Harden looks like. So uh, this offseason, you know, maybe, like you said, it was the hamstring. He came back too soon. He's still fighting it. And it's like maybe he needs that health, but he needs to change his lifestyle, though. You know what I mean? Chris Paul's a vegan. You know what I mean? He takes care of his body. He's on that brawn hype. You know, very, very, uh, pay very uh, high attention to what they're eating, you know, their workout regimen. I mean, Harden, he's at Turkey Hut. He's at, he's in the Houston strip clubs. Man, he he definitely eating the strip club chicken wings, man. You know, he's eating the, she's eating the chicken wings at Magic City. Like this, <laughs> like, you know what I'm Top saying? tier, like, by the way. Top tier. <laughs> strongly, strongly, I'll say this. Before Keith's going, <laughs> I went to the Cowboys game at Atlanta. I got to say, the food, this is Atlanta. The food in Atlanta strip clubs is top tier. That's all I'll say. It's the food, <laughs> I'm not, in general, I wouldn't do this in Vegas, LA, anywhere, but the food in Atlanta strip clubs is top tier. Continue on. <laughs> so you heard it from the man himself. So you know what, you know what Harden doing. He ain't, he ain't on a good diet on the offseason at all. So that's the problem. Harden has to change his lifestyle. He has to change his approach. He has to be disciplined. Does he have that in him at this age? That's 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 up to Philly to find out. Well, I think to that point, I think you, uh, you got to hit. Sometimes you got to hit rock bottom before you reassess. And right. I think I think this probably would be a close to that for him. So you know, maybe he changes. I mean, the the, the you know, all jokes aside, the guy's a top tier, all time talent, French top five shooting guard to ever to ever play. One of the best scorers of his generation. You just um, like to see him take care of his body in the offseason. He's got he's on that Charles Barkley plan pretty much. Yeah. That I'll play myself in I'll play myself into shape when the season starts. And you just can't you just can't operate that way. I think when you get to a certain age, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, like you said, like I and like you said, it might happen because he hit rock bottom. I mean, you think this is a guy who like three seasons ago was averaging thirty five a night. You know what I mean? Like this was not that long ago that we saw this. So I think for him, if he really cares about the numbers he's put up, the legacy he's left on the court, he'll be like, all right, I need to get back to have some resemblance of that. Um, but it's up to him. I mean, it's up to him because you saw what Chris Paul did. You know, as much as we hate James Harden, Harden has more, had more has had and has more talent than Chris Paul and is bigger. So if he actually decides to take care of his body, Philly's in good shape because they, they lucked up. Somebody said Harden might be their third best player, but they looked up. Tyreek Maxey has the goods. He has the goods. And if he's playing off somebody like Harden and Embiid, he's going to keep having the goods. But it's up to Harden, man. 
It's up to him to take care of his body. It's up to him to take this shit seriously because he just doesn't. And I don't know if anybody can get him to do that at, at this stage in his life. I mean, he's 32. It's like it could be like the Westbrook thing where he's just set in his ways and yeah. he's just do it his way. But uh, he needs to do that. And his prodigy, his son, his white son needs to look at look at what he's doing. <laughs> do the same thing because everybody's loving it right now. Oh, he got next. You know, he's going to put up his numbers. He's going to get stats. But he on the same type of time. I'm going to play myself into shape every single year. He come in fat and he looking chubby. They be having the memes and picks, and then he be playing himself into shape by Missy's, and he, he's going on MVP campaign. Right. So, Luca, Luca Doncic, look at what Harden is doing. Learn your lesson now. That's all I have to say. Man, skate. Um, as we progress and go on and look at these next two series, you guys have anything you want to bring on? We'll kind of run it organically. If you have something you want to say or ask, feel free to hit the request button. We'll get you guys in here as we talk about these next couple series. Um, so go ahead with that. We already got a couple. We'll get you guys in a sec. Let's move on to, I think, the more interesting and competitive series that are going on. Let's start with Milwaukee and Boston. So we both felt like Boston was in trouble after game one. They responded in a big way and get Steve Jones on Twitter. Jalen Brown doesn't bring it. It's going to be a quick series. He's the key between this being a long series and a short series. And lo and behold, Jalen Brown was that guy in game two. Yes, and, man, what a response from, from, from Boston. I got to give it to him, man. I, I haven't seen Giannis – the first the, the blow the takeaway for me is that first half I have not seen Giannis be defended that well in quite some time. Uh, he was one for ten, bunch of turnovers, finished with twenty eight and, and nine and seven. A lot of that was window dressing. Um, shout out Reek as well. He said, "I dare Drew Holiday to make eight jump shots again." Obviously, <laughs> could not replicate that. Foul last first game one big game seven for twenty. So. Uh, <laughs> What what are you thinking about this going to get? I mean, at the end of the day, Milwaukee did their job, got the split, but the domination of the Bucks, the domination of the by the Celtics in Game Two, definitely raised my eyebrows a bit. So where are you with this series? Well, first I say shout out to Reek because when you know Marcus Smart was off, everybody was panicking, and Reek was on the timeline saying, "Are you are you <laughs> serious?" <laughs> So, hey, Reek been 10 toes for the Celtics all season, and it's paying off. He's winning right now. Uh, they just – they they blew out the, uh, the Bucks, Man, like, the thing with the – you see, the thing with Giannis, his best defender is uh, Bam. But Bam be, be – you know, Bam be covering solo. You know, Bam be having to cover the job solo. So, you know, eventually, you know, Giannis can – with his motor, going to be able to get something because, you know, it's only so many chest bumps you can do. When you're guarding Giannis, you know, shout out to Bam. He he's still the best solo uh, Giannis defender in the league. But the thing with the Celtics is they got two, two good, two good to great Giannis defenders, and they just rotate both of them. So you know, Giannis has a great motor, but if he wears down one, the other one's coming in to give the other a break. So you know, Time Lord and Horford just taking turns, sitting on him, taking his uh, taking his uh. Rob Gronkowski uh, trucks and just sitting on it and not biting. You know, the, the C's are doing a great job, not overhelping. And they, like you said, they just hit, you know, they hit their threes. Jalen Brown got hot. Uh, the thing with the Celtics and, you know, I remember I said, ha ha, they hit 18 threes and they lost by double digits. They came back, hit 20 threes and, and dominated. And uh, these threes are open. You know I mean? These are open threes because we, we know the Bucks game plan is to give up above the big threes, above the break threes, give up threes to the bigs. You know, those threes are open. So if Boston shoots well and they can keep shooting well on open shots, you know, Milwaukee now, they have to think about it now. How do they want to defend this? You know what I mean? Yeah, that's all you got. Grant Grant Williams, six for nine from three. Tatum, five for ten. Jalen Brown, six for ten. I think what game one, what the the Bucs did, they did a better job of giving, of conceding threes to the right guys. Yeah. And in this game, and then game two, they were letting a lot of good shooters get looks. So kudos to the Celtics for uh, manipulating their scheme to get the shots to the right guys. Right. And that, and that, and that's obviously, you know, from uh, mixing up the movement, throwing up, throwing wrinkles and how you want to uh, do the off ball movement and positioning. 
so that you can make sure the right people are off on the, you know, the strong and weak side when you're going for your drive. So that's good. That's a good job on, you know, Udoka and them. They're just doing a really good job coaching all year. Um, but like I said, you know, uh, at the end of the day, Milwaukee took care of business. They win their one. They saw the uh, counter that Boston had. They took the punch, the counter punch. And it's like, okay, we're going back home. We know how they want to adjust. Um, you have to think the best player in the world will figure it out at home. You have to think he's going to figure it out. So that's funny. That's what, uh, that's what Bud said about Giannis. He said, Giannis always figures it out when they asked him about his game two struggles. <laughs> that was literally his response. <laughs> no, no, like literally, as your coach, you have to be like, your, you know, your best way has to figure out. Like, I think I saw a video of Tyler when I tweeted about Brown. He said, you know, uh, when, when he talked about when they played the Warriors, cause you know, they had JR, they had Corbett create those threes. He said, if they help off, we can hit those guys for threes. But he said, I told Brian, if they're not helping off, you gotta go get 40. So that's the, what you have to do with Giannis. If they're not helping off, bro, you gotta go get 40 on Rob Will and you gotta go get 40 on Al Horford. Like, that's just bottom line. Yeah, to, to that point, which I think was great, the Celtics are the best NBA team in the playoffs as far as um, do the best job as far as not giving up open threes. They did a great job. They defended three-point line better than anybody. They give up the least the least amount of quality threes in the NBA. And, then, you know, Portis, great shooter, only got two up. Uh, Grayson Allen, great shooter, only got one up. Connaughton only got two up. You know, they let Giannis get it. They're going to let Giannis shoot. He got four. Drew Holiday, streaky, they're going to live with that. He got six up. So just a great job by the Celtics to not let shooters get looks. So respect they, to them for that. They did exactly what Tyler was saying. They said, we're not going to help off. So Giannis, you got to go get 40. Like, that's just that's just what it is, man. They're saying they're daring Giannis to be great against Horford and Rob Will, and he has to go be great. That's just what it comes down to. Yeah, I just, you know, you Bucks ended up negative minus 51 from the three-point line. You just never will win a game in today's NBA with that. <laughs> Losing the three-point line by 51 points. So that is what it is. On to the final series. Woo! We got a doozy here, man. That's, that's the fun one. That's the fun we one. Got a, we got a doozy here, man. Tied up 1-1. In my opinion, people got mad when I said, in my opinion, job with an all-time performance. The second league scorer had 14 points, man. He finishes with 47. My, my thing, my thing, my thing with uh, with Jaws with game is that you got to also just look at beyond the stats, bro. Like, did you, if you watch the game, look how he got these buckets, man. Right. Like, this was some highlight reel type of play style, right, that we were seeing. This was special. Right. So, so my question, like, getting right into the thick of this series is, um, first of all, if you're a Westbrook stand, hit the mute button. If you're a Westbrook stand, <laughs> hit the mute button. My thing is, the, the Warriors are defending him like Westbrook. The thing is, he's a much better shooter and he's a better decision maker. Mm-hmm. Okay, in the first two games, like, it's backfiring. He's made nine threes in the first two games. He's made nine threes, like, and that's, and he was five for 12, which is 41%, which is, is like an elite percentage. So that's leaning on, it's not really smart to play him that way. I think they will, especially without GP2, because they just don't have anybody to guard him anymore, straight up. So they're going to have to you know, probably continue to give him that. We'll see if he shoots as well. But I don't like it because, A, he's making the three at a decent amount rate. The second thing is you're giving him a head of steam, which puts your whoever's guarding him in hell, which is definitely just – and he's just scoring or getting fouled every time. Don't shot 13 more free throws yesterday. And I think in Memphis you feel good. I mean, Jaron Jackson, three for 14. Desmond Bain, two for seven. You could definitely see the back injuries definitely bothering him. So we'll see how that looks. Um, you got guys you leaned on who did not play well. You snuck out of there with the win because your superstar came through with an all-time performance. So, you know, you, you get one. You don't want to definitely go down 0-2 going on the road. But how, how do you feel about how Golden State's guarding, you know, Morant and how they guard Memphis in general? Yeah, you talked about how they guard him like they guarded Russ. Uh Remember, I talked about in the in the first series because you talked about he made nine threes. There's a reason he wasn't making threes against us. Remember, I told you, I said we were gonna we ran him off the three point line into the left, yeah, into the left, not, not 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 to not because we we respected his shooting. We ran him there schematically because we knew we had length in in Vando, in yeah. Kat, and we said you're going if you we're gonna we're not gonna give you an open three. 
We're going to run you in. If you want to take lefts, you have to finish over our athletic defenders inside. And he said that we said the only open shot we will give you where you have space is the mid range. That's how we defended him. We said that's the only space that's going to be open for you. And you can see he was very uncomfortable because he didn't have the open three to get a full head of steam. He didn't have the open three to take, you know, the game to shoot himself uh, to heat check or to kind of, you know, keep the defense honest. Every time he drove in the paint, he was getting met with length length every single time. He did not want to take that mid-range. But the Warriors, like you said, they're giving him the space at the three. So they're allowing him to see the court, number one. So he's Uh, able to see the court and see how he wants to attack his defender. So they're letting him do that. And like you said, let him get a full head of steam. So when he's going downhill, the thing with Jatu, and I had this discussion with one of my boys, because he, he compared him to Rose and Westbrook. He said he's like Rose and Westbrook messed together. I said Ja is more agile than those two. He's more agile. He's more fluid. So he can contort his body in ways in the air that those two couldn't ever dream of because they're a lot more stronger and a lot more power. Ja is very much more agile, uh, agile. Sleep. So you see him make – yeah, you see him <laughs> – you see him make these, you know, contortion layups where he's like, com- like, you know, finishing around the help. You know what I mean? He's not going through the help. He's going around the help, up and under, all types of stuff because he's just super athletic. He has a lot of bounce. He- he's able to hang in the air. He's able to twist in the air. And it's a problem. And like uh, Vinay saying in the chat, he has a floater that Westbrook didn't have. And uh, Rose, and I don't even think Rose had. Rose has kind of a floater, too. Rose had, yeah, Rose, had floater. Floater. Rose had a tough floater. Rose had a tough floater. But I think Jaws is better. But I will say this: what when I told my friends is the one thing Rose had. I think that's what kind of I would, you know, kind of what people said. What if Rose had that nice in between game that he could rely on, where he stopped right. and got pulled up, yeah. and you know, even and before Westbrook shot went broke, he was able to pull up on the elbow and hit that too. That's why Westbrook used to be super deadly. You know, if you try to, you know, take away the drive, you try to run him off a line so he doesn't get his full head of steam, he would just stop on the dime in the mid-range from the elbow and, and light you up. That's how, he, that's how he would get a lot of his 40-point games. He would just light you up in the elbow all game. But, uh, you know, John needs to get that, I think, to to be able to beat all types of coverage. But as far as this, the Warriors, they don't have the length on the backside. They don't have the point of attack defenders to take him, you know, to make him uncomfortable. So he's going to be able to decide how he wants to attack all game. He just has to keep making the right decision. And remember, we said this before the series. We said that this was going to be a great series for Ja. Man, a lot of of Warriors fans who never watched the T Wolves, who didn't (laughs) understand our schemes, didn't understand the type of personnel we had all year, and you know they just going off names. Ha, you're the T Wolves. You guys are supposed to suck. No, 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 no. We actually have better point of attack defenders than y'all do in terms of athleticism and in terms of length. We actually are more athletic. We have more speed. And we were better equipped to guard, guard dynamic players because of our personnel. That's not a knock. You know, we're obviously not smart. We're, we're a dumbass team. Like, clearly, that's why we lost. <laughs> we were dominating for most of the series. We still lost because we're stupid. But that doesn't mean we don't have athletes. You know what I mean? So uh, they think, you know, Warriors fans came in, think because they have the championship pedigree, they have the household names, they have the IQ, that that's, that's it. That's one part of the equation. The other part, like I said, you still have the ball. You still have to have the bodies. You still have to be athletic. You still have to, you have the foot speed. Like this is still a, this, you know, sports is still an athletic event. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, you know, that's why Memphis has fared well against Golden State. Athletically, they're just superior. Like they're a superior athlete, uh, team than Golden State physically. And you can see it overwhelms them and it overwhelms their coverages uh, when they play. So, you know, go. this is... This, you know, I was worried about going. So I told people if Golden State survives uh, Memphis, I, I like their odds to get to the finals. But surviving Memphis is not going to be easy. Yeah, but you said that just yeah. To your point, all I said was I didn't put my I didn't put my prediction on the timeline. All I said was Jago would have a much better series, That's and they were on my throat. <laughs> you didn't even say that, yeah. that Memphis Grizzlies were going to win the series. You just said Jago's yeah. going to play better. Yeah, I mean, to, on my on my money bracket, I did put Memphis in seven, but I didn't put that on the time. I just said John's going to play better. That's all, literally all I said. People got upset. But before we go to the Warriors side of this, one thing I want to talk about, man, this dude Dylan Brooks, right? So over the course of the season, I'm not going to lie, he's definitely been a plus. You know, he gives him somebody else who can create offensively at times. He's their best defender of superstar players, big, physical, strong, wears guys down. 
But dude, in this series, <laughs> bruh, just defensively, he's been great. I said he's making Steph, making Steph work the best. He's been out there. Um, I do think that foul, I don't think it was intentional, but it was dirty. You know what I mean? I think he meant to, you know, to mean to hurt the guy, but he definitely meant to, you know, he wasn't playing the ball. Fake um, hustle like Rivers was calling it. Right. Right. So people thought it was being funny. If Memphis, like, if he gets suspended, you know, is Memphis giving that little Drake when KD went hurt? That little, oh, man, so unfortunate. Like, that's honestly what what I think Memphis' point of view is. I definitely think he's going to be suspended. He should be suspended. Just a dirty play. He, he will be. Put a guy out for three to five weeks. Y'all know me. I'm very extreme with this. If you hurt a guy and it's definitely not a play on the ball, my thing is you should sit as long as that guy's out. I know it'll never happen. I know it'll never happen, but that's just my view on it because that's the guy's livelihood. Um, but just on the court, he's killing Memphis offensively when he's out there. Yeah, I mean, even before that ejection, what happened? Zero for four. <laughs> the game had just started. He already got up four shots, and he bricked all of them. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, it kind of it kind of <laughs> felt like, like you know, I, I wouldn't even say – I'm not sure if you can call it – you know, it's Kurt called it dirty, but kind of almost felt like a setup. In a way, it's like it's almost felt like Memphis pre-planned this so they can get so they can get bro out of the game and actually try to play for <laughs> you know this is the way it happened. Lily takes four shots, misses all of them, then does a bonehead play and gets ejected and hurts one of the Golden State's best players in the process. Like you know, if you're a conspiracy theorist, you're like, nah, that was a setup. But you know, in terms, if you're looking at it from Memphis standpoint, like you said, um, Dylan Brooks is just a wild card. He's disrupting the offense. Uh, defensively, he's great, but I think Memphis does a good job of playing team defense, especially with Clark, Zaire. Yeah, I, I'll say, yeah, I don't expect Zaire to hit four threes again, but what he did defensively can definitely be replicated. Like the, the defensive effort he gave as a rookie, like, I rocks with that. That could be replicated. Absolutely. You know, de- defense is, is, you know, effort and it's IQ. And if you have the IQ defensively, like Zaire seems to possess, and you have the effort, he's going to be able to keep doing that defensively. So offensively, you may not have to, re- may not be able to rely on him, but defensively, you can. So uh, I think, I think, like you said, Memphis is a good spot. They're in a great spot. Jaw has favorable matchups all across the board, and guys are going to get open looks. I think if you're Memphis, you have to think to yourself, how bad is Bain's back? That is a yeah. big key for them. How yeah. bad is his back? Can he really produce? Um, I'm concerned if I'm Memphis with Bain's back. But on the flip side, if you're going to state, I'm concerned about Clay Thompson. Clay yeah, I was Thompson. just going. I was. I was so. just going to say. Let's get to the. Worst. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to get to the worst side of it. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. You know, Clay Thompson, man, he's not looking good. He's forcing shots. He's playing very, very selfish ball. Like, I don't care what anybody's saying. That Jordan pull stuff is getting to him. Like it's clear, it is clear as day. This dude is taking all types of shots. You know, the thing with the KD situation is like one, it was Kevin Durant. So by default, you had to respect Kevin Durant and let him get his game off. Two, the fans loved all the core better than KD anyway. They looked at KD as a higher good. But I think what makes the Jordan Poole dynamic like like even more of a problem is that. He's young. He's a young up and comer, and he's surpassing Clay, and he's getting fan love from the home the home crowd. So I think it's like it's, it's like a it's a bunch of factors that didn't exist with KD that exist with Jordan Poole, and I think it's really getting to him. And you're seeing him in his play. He's playing super selfish. I mean, Jordan Poole had this one series. I think Mar tweeted about it. He said, "Stop pouting in the corner." I literally saw that shit too live. Like Jordan Poole trying to break his, break his guy down. Clay was just literally standing there. Letting his guy help off the Jordan Poole dribble penetration. Jordan Poole didn't have a lane because Clay just refused to move. He was just sitting there. I'm like, bro, come on, man. <laughs> like, can you can you not make this obvious? So you have that issue mentally with him, and then you have the fact that he might be he might be cooked physically, you know, or at least limited physically. So they have a Clay problem. Yeah, I mean, the only thing I will say is. He used to take these shots anyway. <laughs> I do think he's pressing. I do think he's pressing a bit, but the actual shot selection, like I've seen Warrior fans get on him for the same for the same type of shot. 
it's it's classic clay, but my problem Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like so yeah, yeah, exactly. My problem with my problem with it is the way it's going about. Like like he's like, you know, my, my thing is I never had problem with Clay shot hunting because he's one of the greatest shot uh, makers we've ever seen in this league. But when you're like pouting when a certain dude has the ball in the playoffs, like that's kinda you know, I'm kinda like that's kind of an issue, bro. You're in a playoff game and, and you look visibly bothered by somebody handling the ball like that. That to me is kind of a problem. And then defensively, he's not the same. Those two things, yeah, those two things are really like, man, it's like, because Clay used to be really locked down defensively. Man, you put him on anybody, you know. What I mean, if this was throwback Clay, Jaw's not having the type of series he's having right now. You know what I'm saying? But this is Clay off ACL, this is Clay off, you know, Achilles. It's a different person. Yeah, man. Like, yeah, I, I think the thing for me is you, the one thing you see Clay take a step back in his defense, which is expected. You talk about ACL, uh, followed by an Achilles. I mean, it's just like he, he ain't going to be the same guy defensively. You know what I mean? The fact that he looks as good as he does physically after going through that back to back is just kind of a, you know, a show of respect to what he does as far as his rehab. But some, some step back is, uh, is, Expected. I think that's where we see it defensively. The other thing is, I think Memphis is doing a really good job. I think the Warriors need to kind of return this favor to the Grizzlies. Is the Grizzlies are they are definitely hunting Jordan Poole. Like I was like, if he's gonna be out here killing us, we at least gonna make. And Jordan Poole at this point in his career, he's just not really interested in defense. Um, so I think that's something that Memphis is doing really well. I think the Warriors gotta kind of make Ja defend more. I know Steve loves the, uh, you know. Uh, a lot of the Warriors fans call it communist ball, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I think he might have to let Poole, <laughs> Poole and Steph kind of hunt Ja and, and not give him a break, just trying to kind of guard guys off ball. So we'll see how that how that goes going forward, man. Um, do you think this yeah, is going back two two or Warriors win both? Memphis wins both. What, what do you what are you feeling uh, going forward? This series. I mean, I th- I th- I think cause I have the Warriors winning this series. I think at the, I think this will be I think this will be Warriors in. I had Warriors in six. I st- depending on Bane's situation, I still think it's Warriors in six. Um, I think eventually the Warriors are just too. I think they're too level headed because even even with the even with the physical advantage that uh, Memphis had, like remember down the stretch, I remember Jaw came up. Pulled a horrible three, like a, just a horrible <laughs> three pointer. And I was just like, you know, Memphis is, still has questionable IQ, questionable execution. Oh, and one more thing, I want to give a shout out to your boy Wiggins, man. He's making the yes, small sir. work. He's back. Fact, he's rebounding so well. I think he's at, he's only at like four for the season. He's at nine for this series. Um, he's making the small stuff work. They're not getting killed on the glass because he's mixing it up every. Every shot goes up, he's crashing the glass. So the six for sixteen definitely doesn't bother me for Wiggins because what he's doing defensively and on the glass is kind of making the Warriors work now, making it work now with the way he's rebounding. So, you know, I, I gotta give Wiggins his respect with that in Porter too. And yeah, and for the and for the fans in the comments, I'm just saying, man, that clay noise, that came from reliable sources too. I'm just that's all I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> Reliable personal resources. I'll, I'll just leave it at that. All right, let's take about ten minutes worth of calls before we get out of here. Some people were questioning. Let's see here. Alex, my man. What's up, Maples? What's up? What's good, bro. Talk to us, man. I was. I don't even know. What I was going to talk about. I really was going to probably talk about the Grizzlies Warriors series, but y'all kind of touched on everything. I guess I'll say. I will say this about the Dylan Brooks thing is that you're not wrong about the whole thing in terms of we're kind of a better team without him because he's only played, like, I think, what, 32 games? And I think Zaire started 32 games this year. Not played, but started 32. So it's not like we're going to miss anything, except I would say the defense. But, I mean. Yeah. I, I said you guys got a, you guys got a, a little worse defensively and a lot better offensively to me. This is just to me. No, opinion. no, no. I agree with you because the ball moves because – Again, Dylan's shot IQ can be very questionable at times. Like, the ball will stick, whereas with Zaire, it's not going to really stick. On defense, you, you're only going to lose probably the physicality because Zaire's not there yet. He's a rookie. So that's just not going to be a possible thing. The thing for me is is that these first two games have kind of been, like, uncharacteristic for both teams because, like, we've outshot the Warriors in both games, like, from three, but they've out-rebounded us. Like, it's the weirdest thing that I've ever seen. Like, it's like – because I felt like with game one – 
was the game we really should have won, and game two is probably the game that the Warriors should have won. Just because I feel like with Draymond going out in game one, it's like, um, you're like, okay, that should help you out. Then Steph got in foul trouble, like, throughout the most of the game. So it felt like, and then you had a game where Jaron was going crazy, so it felt like you missed the opportunity there. Then last game, Jaron fouls out, and we're settling for threes because that's the game. Like, they're little, it was, like, it's crazy how teams, because, I've seen it. I saw a last series with against uh, the Wolves. It's crazy how like teams or young teams play inexperienced, and it's 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 wild to me. Like it's the craziest thing to me. And we're like you can tell at times we're still inexperienced, but I do feel like we got a really good chance to still win the series. But it's just going to take a lot of like being locked into what we need to do, especially rebounding, because it's it's crazy. It's crazy. We got Wiggins looking like Dennis Rodman, so. That, that's the biggest shocker for me, for you guys, is that you haven't been able to dominate the glass with them playing small. And, and up to the Warriors' credit, like, it's something every time out, Steve Kerr is harping on the rebounding. You can hear him on the, when they show the, the coaches' sounds. Like, on defense, he's like, all five, all five, all five. Like, he knows they're playing small, and he knows that's something that can flip. I'm wondering if you might guys might wear them down over the course of the series, and that starts to flip a little bit. So we'll see. But, yeah, I think you're right. Like, both those games were really weird as far as the, the statistical output. And, la- and last thing I will say is that I do feel like Job will still continue to get his game off because, again, it's, it is a better matchup. Like I even said the last game, like I told somebody who's a Warriors fan, like he should have 35-40. I said at halftime, he should have like 35-40 points because if he remembers that he has a floater, like he forgets because last series he didn't want to get to the floater. And I think yeah, part I of it because part of it was like the athleticism that the Wolves had. And so he just was like, forget that, like, because he has one of the best floaters in the league, at least in my opinion. So it's kind of like, I just didn't understand why he would just not go away from it, especially with a team now with the Warriors who don't really have anybody over 6'10 on there that's really playing legit minutes. So it's kind of like, to me, it's like you, you're not doing yourself any favors. And that fourth quarter, boy, he, shh, at, at, all I got to say, he's special. That's all I got to say with Giles. So. That was all, like, that was a, that was an all-time game. That's all-time stuff to me, you know. So it is what it is, but appreciate you, Alex, bro. You always welcome, oh, yeah. man. Oh, yeah. Thank you. I, I appreciate you having me up here. I appreciate it, sure. The name, my guy. Yo. What's going What's on, it, fellas? Nothing much, man. I, I I just got out of the bathroom. I had to finish throwing up after your first one-minute coverage of uh, Chris <laughs> Paul. But, uh, but uh, no, anyways, uh, I, I just want to talk about the, the Memphis the Memphis Warriors here. Like, um. Do you guys think that Memphis can overcome like Desmond Bain? Not, not like he, he's clearly, like, he's running like a Roblox character. Like he, he barely can get up and down the court sometimes on offense. I, I don't know if they can overcome him like not being available or him being his normal self. What do you guys think about that? Yeah, I definitely took some serious for me. Uh, when I picked Memphis in seven, he was a big part of it. So that definitely, you know, throws a wrench in, in what I saw happening so we'll see um and also Tyus Jones isn't playing well so the guy who will replace his minutes is is also not productive so it, it becomes real tough at that point and contrast is just unplayable I can't believe he plays much as he did in game one that was that's utterly ridiculous um so yeah it definitely throws a wrench in, in, in the series for me so uh I know Kings he said his the length of the series was dependent on if he um if on what Bain does, so yeah, he, he's definitely a big factor in how the series is going to play out. Yeah, Bain Bain is um Bain's crucial to the to the to Memphis, bro. He's the he's their best you know three point shooter. He's one of the best three point shooters in the league, and uh, they need him healthy, not just as a decoy, but also somebody who's going to produce. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I was going to say that that last game, there were so many possessions that ended, and not not to pick on the guy, but it ended with with Kyle Anderson like getting the ball and shooting the three, and I was just like, dude, this is <laughs> this is not like if if Golden State's plan is this is the guy we want to shoot those threes, like how you guys were talking about the Celtics in the Bucks series, I was like, that they're sending it to the right guy because you know he, that that's not his mo. Um, and, yeah, I was gonna say, and then the the other thing I was gonna. You know, you guys kind of touched on this w- with the Phoenix and the and the Dallas thing about like teams that just switch everything and like just kind of how you, like I think I'm in the same boat as you guys. It's like I I almost have more respect now for guys that will fight through a screen as opposed to just give up the switch. Like if it's not within the scheme and stuff like that. And um, you know, Memphis 
I don't know if you guys saw it, but like Memphis was doing that with Jaw, right? Like they they would have Draymond come, they put Jaw on Steph, then they'd have Draymond come and screen screen, and then Memphis like they would automatically switch it, and it would like Draymond will wipe Jaw out of the play completely, so that as long as Steph got by whoever was guarding Draymond, it was a layup or like you know like an easy pass something like that. And then I'm thinking about like what the Suns did against Luca and stuff like that. Like, do you think like do you think that eventually at some point, like the coaches are going to be like, no, we can't, we can't keep running this switch stuff anymore. Like you've got to stay in front of your guy or at least fight to stay in front of your guy. I think we built me and Kings both mentioned this earlier uh, in the show. It's got, it's going to be personnel based. Cause right. You know, Boston's the best event in the league. They play four or five switchable guys at once. Right. So it works. Uh, Dallas does not have switchable guys. So when they switch is barbecue chicken season. So I think it'll all be personnel based. That's why the Dallas Mavericks uh, defensive scheme is kind of confusing me. And, and they're a great defensive team. They end up being a great defensive team, which is, you know, kind of the, the tricky part. But playoffs are about matchups and exploiting weaknesses. So until, you know, Dallas suggests, I think Chris Paul is going to continue to hit that, that pick and roll button and, and attack the switch. Yeah, man, that, that, that's that's all I had. I guess one last question to leave you guys with is um, just for the record, is, is fighting through screens, is that an NBA skill that, that's underrated now? Yeah, I think I think somebody mentioned earlier in the chat, and I agree. You know, it's taxing. You know what I mean? It, it, it takes a lot, especially if you have like three and D guys who need to be making shots at the other end. You know, chasing guys around, fighting through skins. You know, that, that eats away at your stamina. You know, you got to be able to be you know doing it on both ends. So I think that's a factor in it too, as far as what teams like to do defensively. That's it. That's all I got. Thanks, fellas. All right, Danae, appreciate you, boy. Chris, you still in here? Yeah, I'm in here, brother. What's good? What's doing, man? Sorry to hold you so long. What's going on with you? Hey, big fan of the pod. Keep doing what you do. Keep putting out good content for the fellas. Keep putting out good content for basketball junkies, man. Um, I'm watching Dallas Phoenix. I think you could give the Pels one thing you give them credit for. They made they made Phoenix be physical. I, I think for all six games, we didn't you like Chris even though Chris Paul hit his shots, they didn't let him just walk up, they didn't let him just waltz up the court 90, 94 feet. And that, I think that's what we did. I think Dallas, they just don't have the guys who can make Chris Paul and Devin Booker physical for a series. Yeah, and I, I got. I agree. Like I made a little joke. I made a little joke. I was like, damn, fourteen made it made a tougher for Phoenix, and then they were like, yeah, they talked about uh, the Pelicans having better personnel between Herb and Alvarado to kind of make guys work. And of course, to be fair, you know, they did not play without Book for two games too, so that also mattered. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, it helped. Yeah. yeah, also, second question, uh, which teams down 2-0 should be confident going home, which teams should not, and which teams, which series tied, the team that's going home should be confident, and which team should be worried? That is a great question. Uh, I think Philadelphia is cooked. I think Dallas is cooked. They don't change what they do defensively, so I think those 2-0, I don't think that changes those 2-0 series. Man, the other ones... I think Milwaukee feels okay. They're going to live and die with their scheme. They know what they do, and they're a defending champion, so I think Milwaukee's okay. They got the split on the road, which is what they wanted. We'll see. The Warriors, I think, may be nervous. Their best job defender is out for the series, so I think they might be sweating just a little bit. Hey, that's all I had. Thanks for letting me speak, brother. All good, man. Appreciate you listening. Keep tapping in with us. We got one more before we get out of here. Jalen, you there? Yo. Jalen, what's going on, man? Adding with y'all, man. We can't, we we can't call it. What's going on? Okay, so where I'm gonna start? The whistle in today's Suns <laughs> game was insane. <laughs> Messing with my boy Brunson money, and I don't like it. Cause now with him getting in foul trouble early, it's taking away his confidence. And then you got Luca holding the ball. It ain't really much he can do. So I got people saying. They don't, that he don't have no help, but they got numerous shooters. I mean, what else, what else supposed to happen? Kid ain't running no plays. You know what? That That's the fine line. And Kings was speaking on this earlier with the, with his little, uh, with his talk on the heliocentric offense. Um, you know, we both said Bunchen isn't playing well, but we think the play style may be, you know, lending itself to that, you know, not letting him get rhythm, you know, nothing on the move. So I think you got, you got something, you got a point there. Kings, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, it, it's 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 going to be on kids to, like I said, do what they've been doing all year. I mean, it's, 
they've been running a, a more fluid, more flexible type of offense that incorporated both Luca on ball and off ball. Just keep running that shit. Like run, run, run what you run what you ran all year, bro. Like don't come into the playoffs and fall victim to the play style that you know Rick Carlisle then was doing the previous two years. Run <laughs> what you were running all season and let the chips fall where they made. That, that's how Jay Kidd needs to coach. I honestly don't think that the Mavs have nothing for the Suns, though. They need somebody else on the roster next season, but I don't know who it is. Like, I don't think I don't think Zach Levine helps them. I don't think Bradley Bill helps them. I just don't know. You're right. They need a legit rim protecting center. He's actually go. One of my favorite landing spots for Gobert is Dallas because of how they want to play, and they need a wing that can really just go sit down and defend somebody. I think Tim Hardaway Jr. is okay at it, but they need a, a legit three and D guy. That's going to guard other team star players. And I think, like I said, excellent landing spot for Gobert if he asks out. Okay. I, mean, I, I, th- I think, I think the, I think the, the rim protecting big, rim running big is something that they could get. Um, that's easier to get than that the three and D guy. I think they need to use most of their assets. Um, if they're not going to get Gobert and keep Brunson, I think they need to use their assets to go get that second guy. Um, I think Spider, uh, I don't know, because what's available is Spider, Beal, and Levine. Like Levine, that's 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 the three they gotta choose from. Um, I, I, if you're them, I probably just keep Brunson, keep Spence, and, and go for Gobert, and, and and try and you know beef up that defense, and uh, you know hope that Brunson keeps developing, use Gobert to you know to free up all their games with the pick and roll. I would do that before I try and go for a Levine or, or, or Mitchell, because I think it just takes too much to reconstruct your team to go get those guys. Yeah. And uh, I don't think they have the defenders to be able to compensate losing assets for those guys. I agree. Bill and Luca on the same floor, man, look, uh, opposing <laughs> offenses are going to be seeing food. So I agree with you, Kings, 100%. Okay. Moving on. We got to talk about my squad. Um, <laughs> Let me talk about Dylan Brooks, Dylan Brooks right quick. I don't think that he intentionally tried to hurt GP, just like I don't think Draymond be trying to hurt people. I think what people don't, what people fail to realize with them type of guys is, and maybe a lot of these dudes ain't grow up around their cousins and they play too much. Like, you ever had that? You got that cousin, like, you play fine with him, and he make a mistake and just hit you too hard. <laughs> he don't really mean to though, and you be like, "Bro, what's up with you?" He'd be like, "Dang, my bad, bro." <laughs> I think that's what that is. Um, as far as Ja, Ja gonna do what he do. I'm sick that GP got hurt. I think maybe Kerr need to get a few of those guys off the bench to try to come in and rough them up, not do too much, but you know, just so, <laughs> just so Steph and Clay can you know do that, do what they do on offense. Wiggins is doing his job, and Clay, he got to just get out of his head, man. It's, he just doing too much. Yeah, people going to say, oh, that's that's always been him. I think he need to go watch some Rip Hamilton film or something and, you know, get a little bit closer to the rim just to, you know, and then go out when he catch a little rhythm. And I think, yeah, I think Clay's got a 30-ball in this series. It's, it's waiting. Yeah, he's got a 30-ball waiting. He, he for sure finna go off. I, I, I think my issue with Clay – I mean, he's always been the type to hunt bad shots, and he make them because he's 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 that dude at shooting. But my issue was, bro, when like some of these plays pull or, or had the ball, bro, he would not relocate, and you know, because Clay, Clay is a great person off ball moving, relocating yeah. into open up. You know what I mean? So when I see stuff like that, it's like you know what I mean? It's kind of like, come on, bro, get out your head. And and I know I'm not tripping because you know I got diehard real. Uh, Warriors fans like more on the timeline saying the same thing, saying that you with Clay you take the good and the bad. So it's like I know I'm not tripping when I see that. So it's like, you know, I mean, he just has to get out of his own head. And uh, yeah, Warriors are gonna live with him taking the shots he wants to take because he he's gonna make them. But I think that's the thing with him, he just has to keep being active, keep moving within the offense. You're gonna hunt those bad shots, okay? Go ahead, hunt him, but do it on the move so you can free guys up. And then you know, eventually he's gonna go nuclear and he's gonna go for thirty to forty like he always do. He's gonna catch fire. My my last thing is Poole, um, he doing okay. I just think that he need to get out of his head as well as far as the, the defensive end because – Man, woo! 
He kind of been playing good defense the whole year, but I think Jadis is the first person I've seen actually, like, had him look terrified out there. And I don't know what that's coming from, but he just legit – like, when he made him fall the other day, he legit looked scared guarding him. Jadis did that to a lot of people. <laughs> yeah. But that's all I had to come say, man. All right, all right Jay, we appreciate you, man. Keep tapping in with us, baby. Always, man. All right. All up, bro. Yes, sir. All right, you guys, we would appreciate you. We went a little longer, but that's it. What was hoop talk going? We got to let it ride. Uh, make sure you follow Addis Kingsborough on Twitter. Myself, JJ Mabels 55 underscore MST. Subscribe. Rate the pod. Rate, rate, rate it. Show us love. We appreciate all that. Um, no games tomorrow. We will be back on Monday, breaking down what else happened over the weekend in the playoffs. You guys be safe, and we are out of here. Peace, y'all. Thank you for rocking with us. Mm-hmm.